Hey everyone, welcome to Just Mental Health with Steph and M, the podcast where we discuss mental health through a social justice lens. I'm Emily. And I'm Stephanie. A quick disclaimer before we get started, we are mental health professionals, but this is not to be taken as professional advice. We are also aware that our privilege may cloud our perspective on some topics, and we not only welcome, but encourage you to message us with criticism and correction. Let's get started. Our small business shout out is B Chai LA, B C H I space LA, which is an online art store run by Brenda Chi. Um, so a B Chi LA is, is that what I said? No, I think I said B Chai. Um, anyway, your AAPI artist in LA. Her store sells art prints, stickers, postcards, and jewelry about the AAPI experience in pop culture. Please visit bchila.etsy.com, so bchila.etsy.com, and use code THXBCHI for 10% off your order. Brenda is an amazing illustrator, and you can visit her work at brendachi.com dot com or on Instagram at Brenda Chi Art. So um, Brenda is a friend of uh, a friend of a friend. So our guest Belinda Kai, who was here with us uh, about a year ago, and she talked about her experience with um, uh, her experience with racism as an Asian woman. Um, this is a friend of hers. Um, so definitely check out her artwork. I'm looking at her Etsy shop now. She has some really cool stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely look her up if you're interested. And now a quick ad. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> so um, today, Emily and I are going to talk about a pretty heavy topic. Um, so I guess maybe we should just have a trigger warning in case um, anything that we say, you know, could be triggering for someone, but we are talking about abortion today. So use your best judgment on whether you're going to listen to this episode or not. Um, so you want to, you want to start us off, Emily? I would love to, but I don't know where to start. Um, okay. <laughs> Me neither. So abortion is, is one of those topics that's like such a hot button issue, especially right now with all of these states that are um, making all of these laws that are pretty absurd. Um you know, the heartbeat laws that are like, you can't get an abortion after like you hear a heartbeat, a heartbeat when a lot of times. And um, another thing we want to say is that um, it, we may use a lot of um, uh, like cis language in this um, discussion, though, you know, anyone with a uterus, obviously, um, this affects anyone with a uterus, but um, yeah, a lot of uh, women don't even know they're pregnant by that point. And um, at that point, the fetus is like not even 
conscious, like it, it, like the, the fetus just, it's not a baby. And at that point feeling like this, like nothing, (laughs) like this, like ball of cells inside of, um, this woman's body is worth more, has more value than her own bodily autonomy is just really absurd. Um, I guess I just jumped right in. So (laughs) I didn't even mean to, but here we go. Um, you know, and, and these laws are just, it just seems like one after the other. And it's very, very upsetting. Um, uh, because I don't think that, I mean, we, we have this concept of bodily autonomy in our culture which says that your body is your own and you have control over what happens to it. You have control over decisions regarding your body. But for some reason, we seem to think that this applies more so to men than to women. And um, we can talk later also about how this disproportionately affects women of color. But um you know, in any other situation, even if it involves another life, your bodily autonomy still takes precedence. For example, you are not required to be an organ donor. Even if you have died, your organs, your body is still yours. So essentially by saying that a dead body has more body, you're saying that a, 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 a a dead person has more bodily autonomy than a living woman when you make these laws that put restrictions on abortion access. And it's very upsetting and dehumanizing. And um, yeah, so that's what I'm going to say to start. Do you, do you have any? Well, I mean, yeah, I agree with all that. I think, um, you know, a little, just like a little bit of of history about abortion laws in the U.S. Um, of course, all of this started after pretty much after Roe versus Wade in '73, um, and at that point, abortion was legal, but the states were able to make laws putting um, restrictions on when uh, someone can have an abortion. And I I found this thing, um, this article, which we can link in uh, in the resources, but it's an overview of abortion laws and it's was updated uh, February 1st, 2022. So it's very recent. Um, It talks about all the different uh, abortion restrictions And then there's this chart that shows like every state and uh, just we'll have to link it because it's pretty, um, it's pretty thorough with everything that lists, but okay. So one of the highlights they talk about is the physician and hospital requirements. 36 states require an abortion to be performed by a licensed physician. 19 states require an abortion to be performed in a hospital after a specific point in the pregnancy, and 17 states require the involvement of a second physician after a specified point. 
why the second position? I have no idea. I, I don't understand that. Um, but pretty much by, you know, having a licensed physician do it and having it have to be done in a hospital means that it's not in those states, it's not something that you could do in, um, in, in a woman's clinic. It could, you know, it's not just like an outpatient procedure that, that you could go do. So you'd have to go to the hospital for it. Um, and then the gestational limits, 43 states prohibit abortions after a specific point in pregnancy. Um, partial birth abortion, 21 states have laws in effect that prohibit partial birth abortion. Three of these laws apply to only to post-viability abortions. Public funding, this is an interesting one because this is, so 16 states use their own funds to pay for all or most medically necessary abortions for Medicaid enrollees in the state. 33 states and the District of Columbia prohibit the use of state funds except in those cases when federal funds are available, where the patient's life is in danger or the pregnancy is the result of rape or incest. So, you know, this idea that uh, public funding and, and taxpayer money goes towards abortions is not... Um, is not very accurate. Only 16 states even use their funds for patients with Medicaid. So in the other states, if you have Medicaid, it's still not paying for it like it would any other procedure. I mean, so, you know, there's just a lot of uh, misunderstanding in the arguments against abortion that people don't, they don't understand what the laws actually say and what those what the reasons behind the laws are. And then it's just about, okay, some person, some political pundit said, you know, they're, um, they're you know, doing, uh, what, uh, what, 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 what do they call it? The pretty much where they're saying like, they're taking babies out of the womb that are alive and killing them right there. Like, that doesn't happen, you know, like that's, that is made to scare and repulse people to make them, you know, lean more to one side, but that's not what's happening. Like nobody is doing that. Show me where that's actually happening. Yeah. And that's a huge thing is like this, like the way that they phrase it, like the scare tactics, it's like, oh, you're a murderer. Oh, you like, like I remember in college. So we had like at Ohio state, we have the oval, which I think most schools have a quad. Um, but we had the oval, um, he's just like a big space where everyone just like, mm -hmm. um, like in the summer, it's like a big beach. Like, um, like everyone acts like it's a beach. You bring your towels and your bathing suit. <laughs> and, stuff. And, and it would be this beautiful, gorgeous spring day, like the first warm day of the year. And everyone is so happy and so excited. And then they have these pictures of these, like, of, of like fetuses and like, and just like all these like anti-abortion people just protesting and it's just so inaccurate like that's not what the vast vast majority of abortions look like it's just it's just not true like it's it's 
those pictures are like, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't know all the terms, but those pictures are like, they may not have even been abortions. First of all, they don't like, how do you even know that those are pictures of abortions? Those could have been pictures of miscarriage or pictures of like some other medical problem where they lost the baby. And maybe those mothers are devastated that they lost the baby and then they're going and using those. I mean, you, you don't know where those pictures come from. And the vast majority of abortions happen before it even looks like a, a mm -hmm. baby. Like those, mm -hmm. those pictures are not accurate. And mm -hmm. it's like, they just try to elicit this emotional reaction in you and it doesn't work. Like, People say, it's like how many of those, and they're targeting this, these young 18 to 22 year old girls, like how many of those young women do you think see that? And then they're like, oh, wow, that looks awful. I, I'm against abortion now. Like it doesn't actually work. And like the things that work are actually the more progressive policies, such as affordable access to birth, affordable and easy access to birth control. And like, you know, supporting women in the workplace, like no one gets an abortion because they just like a lot, many, no one gets an abortion because they just are like, oh, I just like feel like, you know, I'm just being evil and killing my baby or whatever. Like they have an abortion because it's not the right time for them. They just don't want a baby. They can't afford to have a baby right now. And so if you actually like the people that actually true, if they truly cared about preventing abortion, they would actually take the steps to do the things that actually prevent abortion, which is as I you know, started to say, access to birth control, putting more funding into research for women's, women's sexual health, um, supporting women in the workplace, paid maternity leave. We're the only country in the world that doesn't have, the only developed country in the world that doesn't have mandatory paid maternity leave. You know, the countries that actually have Oh, like more um, supportive abortion laws and a more pro-abortion actually have fewer abortions. But the people that are so anti-abortion don't, they just put blinders onto these things because that's not actually what they care about. What they care about is controlling women. They don't like the idea that a woman has that right to make that decision. And so when you say, oh, well, we need to, you know, make, make birth control really like easy to access because if you have birth control, then obviously you're not going to, you're less likely to get pregnant and then you're not going to need an abortion. Mm -hmm. Like there's, two, there's, there's, it's just such a more humane way to prevent abortion. And the people that are against abortion don't ever talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Well, so you know, I've been on both sides of this um, topic before. Growing up, I was raised conservative, fundamental Christian, um, in a very conservative household. And that's how I was taught. And I used to be very pro-life. I 
advocated for it. I uh, donated money to those causes. I really thought, truly believed um, before this was like, well, up until grad school, that's when my opinion started to change. Um, I truly believe that, you know, abortion is murder, period. And once I started reading things from the opposite side, and once I started looking at science and the data and the statistics, and once I started thinking about the morality and the long-term sort of implications of what happens if we're banning abortion or if we're restricting abortion to the point that it's almost impossible for anyone to get one. Um, and just as I educated myself, I changed my opinion. I was like, well, I've been wrong. <laughs> this, And so now I'm very pro-life. Um, so I know like all of the pro-choice talking points, all of their arguments. Um, and a, a lot of a lot of people, the, the people in the pro-life movement are, are similar into how I was, and that they believe, truly, truly believe that they are they are fighting for something very, very important. And and why do they believe that? Why does it come off that way from them as as like a I am doing the most important work one because it is so deeply rooted in their religious beliefs so there is this very very strong religious undercurrent to um, pro-life movement and so it's being preached in churches um, it's, you know, abortion is considered a sin for many Christians. I can really only speak about the Christian faith because that's what I know. Um, and so they're, they really think like, oh, we are helping, you know, these women, we are helping mothers, um, by, you know, standing outside of these clinics and picketing and protesting, with these graphic images and telling them they're going to go to hell. We're actually doing them, you know, a favor because we're, we're making them aware um, of, of, they don't know they've been brainwashed sort of thing. Um, And also because the people that are running the pro-life sort of movement, the politicians and like I said, the political talking heads and um, they are also pushing this scare tactic. These, these, you know, they're doing these horrible things to these babies. They're um, taking advantage of women, um, you know, just all this stuff. And so it all gets mixed up in this not only a political belief, but it becomes a religious and and moral one um, for that side. And it's very hard to argue against when someone truly believes that they are saving babies' lives. Like that's 
what they're being told that we are trying to save babies' lives. And that is such a um such an emotional uh you know such an emotional phrase um to attach to that like well don't you love babies how could you not want to save babies lives you know like well geez when you put it like that like who's gonna say no I hate babies I mean but that's I do not love babies but yeah babies yeah that's and that's not the point of it that's not what we're yeah. saying <laughs> and so you know now on the other side I can see how a lot of that is is steeped in this religion and this fear um and this morality um but it's not based in reality and so that's sort of I think you know where you were going with this is that okay um you're you know if you're pro-life and you're saying that abortion is wrong and you you care about babies and mothers apparently um then why are you not also living that and supporting other things that help mothers right. and help people af- one after they have babies cuz if you care so much about babies and mothers and families why are you not helping uh support families with these social policies that we know help families and also why are you not for prevention so how can you how can you be pro-life and not also be pro all these things that has been shown to decrease abortion rates like comprehensive sex education um access to women's health care um, in rural and urban communities, um, contraception, access to contraception. Um, Supporting women in the workplace, more public exactly. policies that help women and new mo- new mothers, public programs. Like- Supporting girls yeah. in school and, and graduating from high school, um, you know, keeping kids in school that's important that's a big one all um, of these things prevent pregnancy prevent unplanned pregnancy in the mm-hmm. first place or they prevent abortion because like for the women that choose to get an abortion because they can't financially support a child right now you know supporting women in the workplace giving them paid maternity leave giving them social services make them more able to raise that child mm-hmm. It also prevents pregnancies in the unwanted pregnancies in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, and the countries and states that have these things in place have fewer abortions. <laughs> but you don't ever hear these quote pro-life, and I don't call them pro-life because they're not. I call them anti-choice. These anti-choice people, you don't hear them talking about these things. A mm-hmm. lot of them are actively against these things. So what are they right. really fighting for? You know? Right. It's an emotional, it's an emotional thing. It's connected to the emotion and not to the uh, logic and what it looks like in real life. At least that was my experience behind it. It's when you make it emotional in, like I said, oh, well, they're killing babies. Well, gosh, you know, that's going to get a stir out of people, but you're not considering everything else 
that is involved in it. And if you're leaving it at killing babies, quote unquote, um, that's, that's not the, that's not the picture of abortion. That's not yeah. what it's for. It's not, it's not for killing babies. That's not, you know, um, if you kill a baby, that's murder, but this is not a baby. This is a, a fetus. This is a, a clump of cells. Um, and you're right. Women should have the right to their own bodily autonomy. Um, the other thing that, you know, people are so in this country, especially in the state of Kentucky, right? So like, I remember when I lived in Louisville and I would have to drive through downtown Louisville to go to work in Jeffersonville, mm. Indiana. Yeah. And there's that woman's clinic. Uh-huh. And every day there were people, mostly men, I I've noticed mostly, mostly men, white men, uh huh, standing outside of that clinic and protesting it and harassing the people that were going into that clinic. Which most of the people going into that clinic were going in there for regular checkups, for pap smears, for uh, getting uh, birth control, um, for just regular health care. And yeah. they're being, you know, it, it was so bad that there were, there's a group of volunteers that work to escort people to their appointments at that clinic as for terrible. That's how bad it is. Yeah. And yeah. then the city had to come in and say, well, you can protest, but you have to be this, this many feet apart from the, from the front door. So they would, the protests were staying right at that line to be so many feet apart and protest. And it like, wasn't that far apart. Anyway. Yeah. It's like people had to walk through them from the um, parking lot to get there. Like it was just, it was terrifying. Yeah. And you'd be driving down there and I'm, I'd be stopped at the, stopped at the light on that corner and they'd come up to your car with their, pictures. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm like, go away. I'm trying to get what this one time, this, this kid, he was like, maybe a teenager, maybe early twenties. He, he brings me like a brochure and I just shook my head. I had no like straight mm-hmm. face. Just like, I kind of like glared at him. I just shook my head. No. And then he's like, he's like, gives me this friendly wave. Like, okay, sounds great. Have a good day. Like trying to act like, Hey, I respect your differences. And I wanted to just like, I wanted to punch him in the face so badly. And I also wanted to say, do you realize that I am doing more to prevent abortion than you are? Because I support all the causes that we, that we just, you know, that we just said, like the birth control, comprehensive sex ed, supporting women, blah, blah, blah. And yet here you are just handing out brochures and, and shaming women. And you think that you are doing a good thing for society, a good thing for people like, and, you know, the speaking of like killing your babies or murder, you know, using that terminology, we have to, we can't have this conversation without mentioning that the United States has the highest maternal mortality rate in the developed world with women of color Mm -hmm. being four times more likely Mm -hmm. to die in childbirth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet these people are pro-life. Where's like these, these, these deaths are preventable. Where mm-hmm. are they for that? 
you know, Absolutely. They're, they're saying that the, the fetus's life is worth more than the mother's life. Like, I remember telling someone that statistic that you just said, mm -hmm. and they were like, there's, I don't believe that there's no way that's right. And I'm like, I know I was shocked by it too. Look it up. And I they just did. pulled up charts and yeah, this, they came so back. They were like, oh my God, I didn't realize that in this country that was happening. Like, yeah. This one has 17.4, this chart. So maternal deaths per 100,000 live births, 17.4 in the United States is number one. Number two is France at 8.7. This, this one has, oh, that's not in the, this one has, says this one's from 2015, 26.4 out of 100,000 with the United Kingdom being second with 9.2. So these are all different sources and they're all, this one has again, 17.4 with US is number one, 8.7, France is number two. They're all like different sources from different years and they're all a little bit different, but they all have the United States the, across the board, all of these sources, the United States as being the number one twice by tw the number two, is half is half the amount as United States <laughs> like wow it's it's and the, like it it's absurd like and and these these deaths are preventable they they really are and this is where and, and you know I wonder how many of those babies don't make it either mm -hmm. you know I mean right. if the mothers are dying like that that does there's a chance that the babies aren't making it. So where are the pro-life quote pro-life mm -hmm. people there for that issue? Yeah. You know, like, right. Exactly. Just, and who's taking care of those poor babies that now mm -hmm. don't have a mother. I mean, okay. it's so the other thing worth mentioning too, is that abortion rates in the U S have dropped significantly and are continuing to drop every year. And when you look at what are the reasons for that, although abortion is getting more and more restricted, it is not, they've not linked that to being the reason why abortion rates are dropping. Um, because abortions are still happening, people are just having to go farther for those abortions, drive farther, because there's no clinics in their area, there's no hospitals in their area that will do it. But the, um, Okay, so here I found this article, which I can link again, and it says, um, the number of abortions fell by 196,000, a 19% decline from abortions in 2011 to abortions in 2017. So in six years, there was a 19% decline. The abortion rate, the number of abortions per 1,000 women aged 15 to 44 fell by 20% in 2011. Oh, from 16.9 in 2011 to 13.5 in 2017. So the rate as a whole fell, of course. And then, of course, they talk about the abortion ratio um, fell 13% from 21.2 in 2011 to 18.4 in 2017. So, I mean, these are, it's, th these are significant reductions in a six year time period. And they only have from 2017 as the most recent here, but I'm sure if I looked harder, I could find 
um, something more recent, last two years probably. But so, I mean, it's, you're now fighting a cause that is slowly dropping anyways. Mm -hmm. Like uh, people are having less and less abortions anyways. And we're still in this fight of we should ban abortion or we should restrict it in the, until very, very specific circumstances. Um, you said and, that there is no link that shows that the restrictions are what's causing this, this decrease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what they're saying. They're saying that everything that they've linked, um, they does cannot it find. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does say, it. I'll just have to scroll down to it. Um, oh, here we go. Um, because uh, my guess would be that there is more of a push for comprehensive sex ed right, right now. There yeah, is I would hope. You know, an improvement in access to birth control. There's more like talk about consent and about boundary setting, you know, with, with sex and, um, you know, there's, there's these other things mm -hmm. that, um, you know, our culture is slowly shifting. Mm -hmm. um, so this, this right here, they said, Notab notably, 57% of the 2011-2017 decline in the numbers of abortions nationwide happened in the 18 states and the District Columbia that did not adopt any new abortion restrictions. Some of these states, such as California, even took steps to increase access. And even in states that enacted new restrictions and saw declines in abortion numbers, it is uncertain what role these restrictions as opposed to other factors played in the declines. Mm -hmm. Similarly, there is no clear link, even indirectly, from new abortion restrictions to clinic closures to decreases in abortion rates. Um, this is part's interesting. Among the 26 states and the District of Columbia that had a decline in clinics, 24 states saw declines in their abortion rates. However, 13 of the 15 states that added clinics also saw declines in their abortion rates, mm. as did eight of the nine states where the number of clinics stayed the same. Okay. So in states where there was an increase in restriction and a closure in abortion clinics, and in states where there was uh, an in, uh, increase in the number of clinics and a decrease in the restrictions, they all saw declines. Mm -hmm. So there's, you cannot say that there right. was the, uh, the abortion restrictions that were causing that. Right. Um, that's what makes them think that there were other factors contributing right. to that. So overall in the US, abortions are just going down. And yeah, and a lot of it has to do with more progressive um, social policies and, and just a more progressive culture as far as 
uh, more women going to college, um, graduating, getting advanced degrees, uh, more women in the workplace, um, better family planning, as far as like people just being able to, um, you know, have better healthcare and use prevention for family planning. So it's not like, you know, you have no access to condoms or contraceptive and you're just getting pregnant because there's no, there's no protection. Like people can plan now when they are having their families, mm-hmm. when they're having kids. Um, and of course the birth rate as well has dropped in the U S. So I think that has something to do with it too. I mean, I think all of these progressive policies that are helping women um, achieve better financial freedom, better status are reducing birth rates, but also reducing abortion rates. And that just shows that if you're investing in women, you are also helping children, right? Like you are also, Mm -hmm. there's always going to be abortion. You are never going to be in a society where there is not abortion, because if even in places where it's completely illegal, people still have abortion and they have it dangerously mm -hmm. and And they're more likely to die or have very long-term serious complications from it complications from failed abortions where um, the baby is stillborn, but has, you know, um, is sick or injured because of that, has developmental delays because of that, when all of that could be avoided if you were in a clinic or hospital setting with uh, a a licensed medical professional that knows what they're doing. Right. So, you know, you know, yeah, the, the real argument to me is not, should you be for abortion or against abortion? For me, the real argument is, are you for safe abortion or unsafe abortion? Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen either way. And I would rather it be safe. Right. And if you are pro-life, like you say you are, then you would care about the lives of these mothers and you would help them have safe or like help them Mm -hmm. be safe. Um, And I get that this is not comfortable. Like no one is like, I I, I think most people, even people who are super pro-choice are like a little bit like, they maybe like kind of like, you know, cringe a Mm -hmm. little bit at the idea of an abortion. And, and I'm not asking anyone to be like comfortable with it or not get any sort of like- Yay, abortion. Like nobody's yeah. like, woo. But that's just how things go. Like just because it makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's it's something that you have the right to outlaw or to exactly. take, take away from people. Like uncomfortable things happen every single day, all the time. And like, I feel like, like a lot of anti-choice people, like just feel uncomfortable with it. And they think that we are asking them to just be okay with it. You don't have to ever be okay with it. You don't ever Mm -hmm. have to like it. You can hate it for the rest of your life, but that doesn't mean that you have the right to take away someone else's 
choice, which they mm-hmm. probably are uncomfortable with it too. Like literally no one is like, I'm so excited to have an abortion today. Like they right. do it out of right. necessity. They do it out of like, like they find out they're pregnant and like a lot of times they find out they're pregnant and they're like freaking out and they're mm-hmm. terrified. And it's like, they, they, you know, then they're like, please get me out of this situation. Mm-hmm. And to force someone to stay in that situation is so wrong. And I think that it's so much more than just like, like, let's take a second to really look at pregnancy and childbirth just for a second. Okay. So you, you, you're pregnant. You're nauseous. I'm not, but yes, for this hypothetical, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Hypothetically, a person joking. is pregnant. <laughs> that wasn't my way of telling everyone. Surprise. <laughs> a person is pregnant. Okay. She's nauseous. She, she can't eat without throwing up. She can't like some, t- this is some, let's talk about all the things that they never talk about. You're constipated. You yeah. can't take a shit. You can't fart. You you're pee all the time. You pee all the time. You're either constipated or you're having diarrhea and throwing up. Uh-huh. Now, as someone with stomach problems myself, yeah, I get very nervous about having to run to the bathroom in the middle of my therapy sessions. Yeah. And then people have to do that, have to yeah. live this way for nine months. For nine months. <laughs> you are emotional. You you're crying for, you know, mm-hmm. seeming what like seemingly trivial things. You, you're, you're, you're tired, yet you're expected to continue living your life and doing your job. You have to go to doctor's appointments where they shove things up your vagina. This is sexual assault. Telling someone that you can't have an abortion yet forcing them to go to doctors where they're shoving things up your Mm -hmm. vagina against your will, that is literally rape. That is Mm -hmm. literally assault. You're putting your body through all of, all of this. Like there's so much, I can't even mean hemorrhoids, like what else? There's so many things that Yeah, your body changes all the, I mean, throughout the whole pregnancy, your body changes, but a lot of pregnant people will talk about how uncomfortable they are uncomfortable, um, in pain. There's tired. weight gain, but it's in a very yeah. localized area. So it's very uncomfortable to move, to sit, to rest yeah. properly. Yeah. A lot of and women then- or people who are pregnant will get uh, gestational diabetes or high blood pressure or have very high risk pregnancies because it puts so much uh, stress on the body. And then, you know, at the end of all of this, you have to actually go through the, the labor and the birth process, the pain, the, I mean, the, it's painful. It's like, it's a, it's a terrible process and no one talks about the people just like, want to make it ripping all like, out yeah. of <laughs> people want to make it all like flowery and beautiful. And like, no, it's a terrible process. I'm and sure then, it, it is beautiful when it's all over with and someone is happy with their pregnancy and happy with their baby and they wanted this. Yeah. That's wonderful. But if you don't want it, it sounds it, like a nightmare. And it's probably awful even if you want it. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hear pregnant people say like, I'm so happy to have this baby, but I can't wait for it to get out because yeah. it is, it is painful to be pregnant. And then and, afterward, you 
are possibly very depressed. There are people mm-hmm. who, who are literally suicidal because mm-hmm. they have such severe postpartum depression and anxiety. Your life is completely, completely different. Even mm-hmm. if you, you know, you know, they want to go, people want to go say, Oh, go put it up for adoption, which is a whole nother thing, but let's, yeah, just, that's a whole nother like, trauma. Right. You're adding but, like, that is so, like, giving up a baby is so traumatic for the parent and for the child. Mm -hmm. Like your life is completely, completely disrupted. And this is all because someone wants to tell you what you can and can't do to your body. And then people want to say, oh, well, then they should have been more careful and they shouldn't have gotten pregnant in the first place. Okay. Maybe they didn't have access to birth control. Maybe they weren't taught how to properly use contraception because they weren't given comprehensive sex education maybe they're just human and they miss their birth control pill one day mm-hmm. because humans make mistakes so this mm-hmm. one mistake that they made they're left with this huge consequence and what about the father mm-hmm. it takes two people to get pregnant and also what it could have they could have also been raped like yeah you know, it couldn't they could have it could have been completely against their their will right. and their choice to even get pregnant. right and then what about the father like why does the father get to just walk away? Shouldn't the father have to like pay the medical, pay 50%, more than 50%, honestly, of the medical bills? Should they be forced to pay 18 years of child support? Like there's nothing, mm-hmm. there's all of, the, we're focusing on the wrong, the wrong one, the wrong person. Like the person with the penis that's actually ejaculating the sperm has more power in this mm-hmm. than the one, like, well, yeah, they just, you know, they get to walk away. They don't have to go yeah. through the whole pregnancy, birthing, bonding, you know, making the decision to, to give up the baby or to keep it. Or, I mean, you're right. So many things change after, after pregnancy and after birth for a woman, your body is not the same. I mean, your body is different after every pregnancy and Uh, Another thing, just to bring in real quick, the mental health part of it, like you said, postpartum depression, a lot of women or people who will get pregnant um, cannot take their antidepressants Mm. or their psychiatric medications during the pregnancy. If you have Mm -hmm. bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, or you have a very severe depression or anxiety, like now you're having to deal with that on top of unmedicated, you know, on top of the stress of having a child. Um, so it's, it's just interesting to me that a lot of the people that are making the decisions or saying that abortion needs to be restricted or should just be illegal in general are people that will never ever have to worry about getting pregnant or having an abortion. And, you know, I've, you've seen that like meme or that saying that like, if men had, if men were able to get pregnant, you know, abortions would be like uh, quick in and out, like, yeah, at every corner, like you could get them at a vending machine or something, you know, (laughs) and that is so true. Because you do think, I I 100% believe that. I do not believe men would be able to handle 
everything that comes with a pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. And it, abortion would be very, very easy. Um, and so that's, it, you know, like they say, abortion is healthcare. And it is because if you're only focused on the fetus and the potential of it becoming a baby and being viable, you're ignoring the whole health care and, and the whole mental health of the person carrying that, right? carrying that fetus. And, and that person matters. Like the, the person carrying that fetus matters. Her life matters. Like her autonomy, her rights, they matter. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it, I don't. And like hmm. you said, it's a tough decision for anyone to have to come to for anyone to have to make that decision. I'm sure, I'm sure there's always going to be people out there that don't see it as a big deal and don't care. And that's fine too. Um, but I think a lot of people, especially because of the way our, our culture talks about it, um, are, are, have a very hard time with having to come to that decision. So, you know, to just assume that you know, they didn't come to this decision after a lot of stress and thinking and, yeah. and, and heartbreak and, you know, having to weigh the pros and cons and having to weigh the, although abortion when done correctly is very safe, there are complications because there is with any medical procedure, there can be complications from it. So it's also not something that people you know, are having abortions and are like, I'm just going to go in, get this done, get out of here, go back to my job. Like, no, there's a recovery time. There's healing process. There's a lot of bleeding that comes from it. It's not quick and easy and fun. There's nothing fun about it. So, you know, having some uh, sympathy and empathy for people that have, that are in a situation where they would have to make that decision that, that get pregnant and are not ecstatic by it. Imagine what, what would lead you, you know, what sort of circumstances would be in place for you right. to find out you were pregnant and not be happy about it. Right. Obviously it was not, you know, it, it was not under good circumstances. So um, to, to, to just get to that point and have to come to that conclusion is, is pretty, difficult in itself and Mm -hmm. then the the stigma and the if you know if you have to go to the clinic and people are protesting and saying you're going to hell and you hate your baby and you're you're murdering babies and all this stuff like yeah that's mm -hmm, that's exactly what I want to hear after I've just (laughs) had to come to this conclusion to do this um thanks that's really and now I have to go through the the healing period of after this procedure and the emotional healing period of this procedure. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Um, Yeah. There's a a lot that goes into this issue. Um, And, you know, we just talked about a couple, a couple of things, but. And I, I think that, um, you know, I want to reiterate, we talked about this a little bit before, but the way that this disproportionately affects women of color, mm-hmm. we already mentioned women of color four times more likely to die in childbirth and less likely to have access to care, to like women's mm-hmm. health care. You know, there's so much 
racism in the medical field, you know, this is not just a gender issue. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a race issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can't, we can't ignore that piece, you know, like the, the, just, the, I mean, this is something that we've talked about a lot and, you know, it's just access, like people of color have less mm-hmm. access to care. Mm-hmm. They have less access to quality care. Like those, um, you know, neighborhoods with more people of color, like the, the, um, the, the quality of care is less, is not, is not as good. Um, and therefore they're more likely to get, they're more likely to get pregnant. They're more likely to, um, have the complications. They're, they're less likely to have access to safe care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's another piece of this and it's another problem. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Urban and rural communities are the most affected by it because the access to healthcare is it's just it's more difficult um either there's there's not a clinic or a doctor's office anywhere near where you live and you have to travel significantly to get there which you may not have those means of travel um or it's you know there's there's one but it's very busy and because everybody's trying to go to it and um the quality may not be the best if there you know if there's that systemic racism um, yeah. piece playing a part of it, or even the classism of, you know, patients that have Medicaid are treated differently than patients with private insurance. And that so. classism coincides with racism because, mm-hmm. you know, m- more lower class people are, are more likely to be people of color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another point like something that people often say when you know these abortion laws are becoming more restricted state by state they say well why don't you just go to a different state okay well are you going to be able to take that time off work can you afford to take that time off work do you have a car are you able to get like take time off work drive to this clinic which with clinics closing like like you said is it going to be a long line a long wait you have to then pay for a ho- for a hotel. Like it's just yes, it's and that also a lot of states have the um uh like state mandated counseling or the waiting periods. So like twenty, looking again at this article, twenty five states require a person seeking an abortion to wait a specific period of time, usually twenty four hours, between when they receive counseling and the procedures performed. So if you happen to be in one of those states or go have to go to one of those states, um, cause that's the closest clinic, then what do you, do you leave and then come back for the procedure? Do you stay there for 24 hours, you know, before you can get the procedure? Like the, the waiting time also impacts um, your access especially if you're then having to travel, that's more time you have to take off work. That's going to be more time because that's going to lengthen the um, time from when the procedure starts to when you, um, you know, to when you're recovered, because now you had to go to the counseling and wait 24 hours. And um, so it's, it's just not as easy as saying, just go to another state. I mean, think about, if you just have to travel to another state for anything, 
sometimes like if I'm like, oh, I want to go see this this um, concert and it's in Indiana, I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> the whole travel, okay, from Southern Kentucky to like middle Indiana is a long freaking time. Um, so, and just for a concert that I want to see that, that I'm like, you know, willingly going to, I'm like, oh, this travel is just like crazy. And it, and it influences whether I even want to go see it or not. And that's for a very nothing thing, you know, like that's not a life or death situation. That's not affecting my healthcare. Um, so just think of some, (laughs) some people don't even want to go like 30 minutes to go to dinner somewhere, like, Right. Let alone drive hours to to get a procedure that is going to be painful and and difficult. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just it's just it it's just such an oversimplified. Okay. Well, you don't. You shouldn't. Abortion is murder. Murder is wrong. You know, if you if you don't have access in your state, go to another state. Like there's so it's every, everything, honestly, that we talk about on our podcast is so much more complex than people want to make it out to be. So like everything is more complex than people want to make it out to be like, mm-hmm. there, it's just, there's it's so black many white issues. Yeah. It's ever. so many layers to this. And I think that some people just really struggle to like look at all the layers and really Mm -hmm. empathize and um yeah I hope that you know that our ramblings on abortion (laughs) made some sense uh we knew it was going to be you know because we're both very passionate about it we knew that we were going to get a little, you know, all over the place with it, with our thoughts, but we really wanted to talk about this. Yeah. And I really appreciate how you share your transformation, you know, how you, you yeah, like what you used (laughs) to believe. I mean, I've always been pro-choice, but I, I didn't have like the same level of passion that I do now. And I also didn't fully like understand the issue like it was more of Mm -hmm. like a it was like yeah of course people should get rights to their own bodies duh you know but now looking at just like just how complex it is like I've become even more I still feel that way people should have rights to their own bodies duh yeah (laughs) you know I definitely like I'm able to better articulate exactly why and exactly Mm -hmm. like address all the different layers of this issue um but I do really appreciate that you, you know, are sharing that this transformation that you had. I, I think. Thanks. I, I, you know, um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I took the direction of learning for myself and coming to my own decision about things instead of just what, just how I was raised. Um, and though, and sometimes I, I look back on things I used to believe and I feel like shame or guilty, but you know, then I try to remember like, but I, I truly believed those things and truly thought that I was doing the right thing. And I know that that is how a lot of people who are, are pro-life, they truly feel they are doing the right thing. They're just misled by it. Um, 
And so, it, you know, it's important to know, you have to know the other side of the argument to be able to argue efficiently. You got to know sort of where they're coming from um, so you can meet them there and really make a change in, in their opinion. And so I, I, in a way, I'm thankful that I have the experience of seeing the other side to know um, because, yeah, yeah it's just, it, it's when it's such an emotional, uh, emotionally charged issue like that, it's, it is hard to get people to a place where they will talk facts um, with you, but you, you have to get them there where they can take some of the emotion out of it. The emotion is always going to be there, but yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. No, thank you for, thank you for sharing. Appreciate it. Well, do you have any other points you wanted to make? No, no. I, I, we kind of, <laughs> we covered a lot. Um, it was a little all over the place, but we got, we covered a lot. So hopefully um, anyone <laughs> listening to this understood where we were trying to go with it. Um, but, and also hopefully it maybe changed a little bit the way you looked um, at the issue and that there is more, more complex factors um, contributing to this issue than just abortion or no abortion. It's, it's right. a lot more complicated and you have to take that into consideration, I think, when you're deciding how you're going to vote on these issues. And that's really the goal, at least initially, I think, is just mm -hmm. like showing that there is more complexity to all these things. You know, like even if like, you know, I mean, the people that listen to our listeners, I think tend to already kind of agree with us, you know, but um, because people who are like so far the other direction probably wouldn't even listen to our podcast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, if we do get, you know, a listener from the other side, thank you so much for being here. We truly appreciate that you're open-minded. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I think the goal is just like, at least initially, just to show that like these issues are more complex than they might seem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that's that's like the first step I think is just rec recognizing that yes yes absolutely opening up um some a little bit of doubt in your uh way of thinking in your you know in a one-track mind sort of opening up that little bit of doubt of like okay could I be missing something by this is there another explanation is there another um, reason for this. And, and that's, that's kind of how it, that's how it started with me of being like, okay, am I missing something? You know, what am I not getting and sort of looking for that. And there was already that, that door that was open to hear other, other sides and other arguments. So you've got to, you've got to start with, with opening that door to realizing that you could be wrong. Surprise. Yeah, we are not right about everything and and no one is, so. Right. Well, that's our show. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on wherever you get your podcasts. And we would also appreciate a rating and review. 
And don't forget to follow the show's Instagram for updates on new episodes at Just Mental Health Podcast. That is with a period between each of those words. This is Steph. And M signing off. Thanks for listening.